Hello! Welcome to another episode of Saturday, Saturday the 14th. 14th. This is actually a very exciting episode because we have a special bonus guest today. We have my fiance Tim with us. Hello! Child's Play expert Tim Matson. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very specific thing to be an expert on. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to fold in different people in our lives um, when we talk about movies that are, you know, uh, favorites of theirs or important to them. Or they have a specific knowledge on. Or that they were terrified of as a child. Yeah, scarring memories. <sighs> so great to go back and go over the mental scars. Oh, Lord, I definitely saw a clip of this way too young and have been scared of dolls ever since. I gotta say, I'd never seen this movie before. Um, I think last week was when we watched it. I didn't know you hadn't seen it before. I've never seen it. This is the first time. Um, And, like, so we'd recently watched Annabelle and Annabelle Creation, um, which Annabelle is mediocre. Annabelle Creation is actually a really good movie. Um, And Tim was very freaked out, like, by the doll aspect of it. And I thought that was funny. And he was, like, freaked out because, like he had seen Child's Play when he was a kid. So I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like, it's going to be really scary. Like, obviously when I was a kid, everybody I knew was, like, afraid of it. Uh, It's actually not not that scary. (laughs) Not as an adult, no. Not really. No, and even re-watching it with this stuff, it's like, wow, that that scared me. And even for myself, like, the the first movie, it's the most directly a horror movie, and all the other ones that followed are kind of, like, more campy and comedic, but those are the ones that scared me more for some reason. (laughs) Well, I mean, like you mentioned, like, the the quality of special effects definitely steps up from the first to the second one. Although, there's some pretty good moments in the first one. I also think that when you're a kid, like, if you're four years old, five years old, and you see a clip of this, what scares you isn't the idea of, oh, there's a doll sitting in a chair, because I don't think you understand the implications as much. When you actually see a doll running around with a knife, that's when you're like... Oh, shit. That's really scary. What if my dolls are doing that at night? That's true. I did, even without having seen this, I used to... I had a bunch of dolls. Like, I had the American Girl dolls when I was a kid, and I had to keep them in my closet because if they were looking at me after dark, that really creeped me out. Um, so, I mean, like, I definitely get it. Like, dolls dolls are creepy, man. Yeah, just stop producing things with glass eyes. That's gl- Glass eyes are horrifying in general. Any animal that has glass eyes always looks scarier. Dolls with glass eyes. This is like a bad time to tell you about my plan to, to really up our taxidermy count in the apartment. I mean, as long as there's no eyes. No, I was going to put just like... All naked mole rats so just, that way yeah, you can see so the you eyes. you can really see them. And I'm going to put like human eyes. Like like doll eyes. I, I specifically the asked eyes for no from eyes. Chucky. If they were just empty holes in all of them, somehow that's less terrifying <laughs> than if they had glass eyes. All right, so I know we, uh, we've danced around it, but in case you haven't picked up on it, our movie for this week is Child's, Child's Play. Play. Oh, Chucky. Oh, Chucky. Um, the, the cult classic, or I guess just regular classic, honestly. Both. I think every horror movie Apparently that gets successful is a little bit of a cult classic. It is, but also this year, literally a movie called The Cult of Chucky came out. That's so true. I think there is a cult around this movie, and they're kind of referencing that. Yeah. So this movie is 30 years old, which is impressive. Yeah, for happy a... 30th birthday early. Yeah, November 9th, I guess, is technically yes. the release date. Um, so it was made in 1988. It was directed by Tom Holland, not the Spider-Man Tom Holland. Definitely the Spider-Man Tom Holland. He did it. What, six years years before before he was born? born? (laughs) A protege. Um, That's not the right word. A prodigy. But not the Spider-Man, just the regular Tom Holland. Yeah. Horror Um, Tom Holland. Horror Tom Holland. And it was written by him and also uh, Don Mancini and John Lafia. And it stars Catherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, who also played the Six-Fingered Man in... um, Oh, 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 in uh, Princess Bride? Princess Bride, Bride, yeah. Um, And is also Susan Sarandon's brother. 
Which makes sense, because they have the same last name. Oh, that was the cop. Yeah. There we go. He looked familiar. Yeah. He was clearly supposed... I was actually kind of surprised they didn't have any, like, love interest type thing between him and the mom. I was kind of expecting that, too. He also looks a little bit like an 80s Mark Ruffalo. He does. Right? I can see that. He's got that vibe. The Ruffalo He's got more vibe. of a mullet, though. True. But it was the 80s. I'm sure in the 80s I think 80s, that's Mark what Ruffalo makes Ruffalo probably 80s. actually had a mullet. I had a mullet in the 80s. You were not alive in the 80s. But I had a mullet. Stop lying on this podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast for honesty. Um, and then it stars Alex Vincent as Andy. Uh, and we actually had some interesting conversations about this because, you know, we love our subgenres on the podcast. Who doesn't love a good subgenre? It's what we do. But um, I really came into this thinking of it strictly as a creepy doll movie in the vein of, like, an Annabelle or something like that. And it wasn't really until talking over with Tim. Uh, that you find he's a slasher. He is. He's a sla- He's. I mean, he's a doll slasher villain. It's It's a slasher movie as he much is. as anything else. And I feel like part of it's the fact they neither commit fully to the doll nor fully to the slasher aspect of it is what kind of doesn't make it that scary. Yeah. But especially in the how the series evolves, they, like, the first movie, first Child's Play, you can kind of call that just a... Kind of a solid, just a possessed doll movie. Yeah. Not, not too much of it. There are certain things of, like, his personality coming through. Like, you get, There's you a lot see of him talking. And actual like, yeah, it's slashing. like the first half is very creepy doll, and then the second half is very slasher. Because exactly. the, first doll, the first time he's just, like, moving around, and you see him, like, from an angle, or from, like, he's, he's sitting in the chair, and then he's not sitting in the chair. You see him, like, run by. But by the end, he's, like... Hopping in people's windows and having conversations and trying to stab Chris Sarandon in the dick. Like. Coming out of a uh, grate in the wall. Yeah. To try and choke someone out. Yeah. So he really he really covers the bases. Um, I do think it's interesting because he's so small, they can do things that regular slashers can't. Like, I don't think Michael Myers could pop through, like, an air conditioning duct. No. Not and there's like also not that, like, you don't lose Michael Myers because he's, like, six feet tall. Yeah. You know, he'll hide, but, like, you can find him. But, like, Chucky's a doll. He could be anywhere. He could be in a cupboard. He could be in a drawer. He could be anywhere. He could be hiding in the backseat of your car. He's probably hiding in the backseat of your car. He probably right is. Now. So, as we like to talk about here, um, it had a, actually, I mean, a, a fairly decent budget. Yeah, $9 million. It's a pretty sizable amount for a 1980s slasher slash doll fit. Yeah, which makes sense because of the special effects. I mean, they... There's a lot of them. Yeah, they needed to have... Lots of things were set on fire. There were explosions. There was a car that flipped. Like, there's a lot going on in this. Yeah, a lot does happen. This is a pretty heavy action type of horror movie. And uh, it still did pretty well for itself. It did about five times over at the box office and made about uh, $44 million, which is pretty good. I don't know that it's, you know, one of the more insane turnarounds that we've seen uh, but it's definitely better than Stay Alive so (laughs) nothing is better than Stay Alive Maggie (laughs) oh my god there is no movie better than Stay Alive oh my god fight me I will you did last week I did fight you on this podcast Mm -hmm. mhm also I was googling stuff about Stay Alive because I was trying to find a photo to put up on the website and I found someone else who was doing like one of those like Tumblr horror confessions you know where there's like the confessions tumblers where they like take quotes and put them over like pictures of the movies and it's just like people bitching about what they don't like about the movie this one was a person being like I really hate how they like they just get everything wrong about Elizabeth Bathory and I was like oh god it's me it is you this is what I sound like you are that tumblr person (laughs) anyway do you want to kick us off with the synopsis of the movie yeah all right so uh this starts on the evening of November 9th 1988 which is actually the same day that the movie premiered so that's like a cute little nice touch yeah a little little addition um Serial killer and fugitive Charles Lee Ray uh, is running through the streets of the South Side in Chicago, 
Um, he is being chased by Mike Norris, who is a detective who is played by Chris Sarandon. And uh, he's trying to get away from him. Um, Chris Sarandon shoots him a couple times and he's in a lot of pain, so he's trying to run. His accomplice, Eddie, who's supposed to be his getaway driver, just takes off without him. And so he's pissed off at Eddie. Chris Sarandon basically has him cornered, and so he shoots the lock off of a toy store and runs inside. Does that actually work, IRL? Like shooting a lock and all of a sudden it's so. unlocked? I don't think so. The amount of ricochet nothing that's going on with that. Probably not, but he could have just shot the glass out. I don't know why he shot the his glass. Also, I don't think there was a lock on the outside of the door. Like, the door was locked. He just shot the door and then walked in, which is not how it works. Good job. But, it's, obviously... It's that weird magic that he's got. Yeah, he's it's got that gun magic. So he shoots the lock, he goes inside, and it's really creepy. He's, like, hiding behind all these displays of, like, good guy dolls. And they are all absolutely terrifying looking. They're fucked up. They got that red hair, that big blue eyes... Freckles. Piercing blue eyes. Yeah, they're like huge. They're like disproportionately large and like rolling and like creepy. He's wearing overalls because, you know, only bad guys wear overalls. <laughs> the dolls are. Charles Lee Ray is not wearing Sorry. overalls in this scene. <laughs> the dolls are wearing overalls. <laughs> Charles Lee Ray is like wearing like a cool guy suit. Yeah, he's got like 80s. a big coat. And he looks intimidating. And he's played by the guy who plays um, Wormtongue, not from Harry Potter, but from Lord of the Rings. Yes. Uh, so he's a It's also worm face. tail in Harry Potter. Oh my god, you're right. Not worm tongue. Oh my gosh. Wow, I guess I'm due for a reread. You are. Yeah, that's embarrassing. You could also use his name, Brad Dorif. Yes, he's played by Brad Dorif. But is, I don't know if that he many is people... He is the always Chucky. He is the person who has haunted my dreams for many years. You just hear his, his voice, voice his dreams. laughter, his screams, terrifying. I don't know. I almost feel like the the doll voice is scarier than the real guy voice. Or that they like both the, voiced by him. The, the 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 scary voice when he's a doll, or the, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend till the end. That one. I don't think he did that I one. I feel like that one's scarier to me. It would be scarier if it was like, I'm Chucky, and you should go light this house on fire. Like, that would be kind of creepy. That's true. But it is also kind of intense I'll, uh, when he busts out, like, a smoker's Talking voice. Tina? Yeah. I think I honestly was just so scarred by Talking Tina that... <laughs> all dolls are scary in their natural state and when all of a sudden they have a human voice it's like okay it's because it's possessed by a human not just because all dolls are evil (laughs) i like that the better option for you is human possession instead of just a doll yes correct because at least you can understand that oh it's ghosts fine it's not pure evil manifesting itself into my inanimate objects exactly and it doesn't mean that every single doll in the world is like that it means that that one specific doll and if you can kill that one doll great I don't have to worry about everyone else I know who has a doll. But as we've learned, you can't kill that one doll. Mm-mm. And that one doll in this situation is one of those good guy dolls. Yes. Um, who an injured Charles Lee Ray stumbles into as he's dying it's from great. his he's gunshot He's surrounded wounds. by these dolls, but it isn't until he falls to the ground, like, almost dead, and he looks into the eyes of this good guy doll that he's like... Oh shit! He has this like huge smile on his face all yeah. of a sudden as he's well, dying. He's, so he's walking around and he's going, "I gotta find somebody. I gotta find somebody." So I think he's trying to like find a human to put his like essence into or whatever. Oh. Um, and then he sees the doll on the ground and he's like about to die and he's like, "Cool." So he takes it out of the box, and, like grabs it by the hair, and his hands are real bloody. So I'm surprised there wasn't like matted blood in the hair of this doll or all over the overalls and stuff like that. Yeah. Someone I feel like should have noticed that. I also feel like later when there's supposed to be blood on her coat, there's no blood on her coat. So Correct. I guess it just doesn't stick in Chicago in the 80s. Yeah, blood was just different then. It was. People yeah. say the times are different now. <laughs> what they mean is blood is different now. But I mean, you're completely glossing over one of the more iconic things here, too, of that fucking stupid chant. Yes, like, yes. Like, what the hell is that? 
I do it, Dembella. Give me the power, I beg of you. And there's like lightning coming in from outside, and it's a whole big thing. He's touching the doll's face. Chris Sarandon's like, what the fuck is happening? He starts shouting a bunch of French last names. <laughs> He's like, Mercier, Lavo, which is just, it's just, just people. words. It's just people. I don't know. Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to That's translate just it. vodka. <laughs> we tried to translate it, and it means absolutely nothing. So there's no secret hidden meaning to the chant. It's just nonsense. Nonsense. But uh, it works, I guess. He dies, and Chris Sarandon's like, oh, cool. This. And then the whole place explodes because it, it gets hit by lightning. From the chant. Then cut to the next day, and November 10th. Andy's birthday, and he's a precocious six-year-old. He is, and it's really cute. He's trying so hard to put together a breakfast. Really cute? Re- Ugh. He puts together the disgusting breakfast for his mother. It's there is the- no nutritional value in any of that. She's going to be just, like, hopped up on sugar and crashing by well, 11.30 a.m. the that she doesn't eat any of it. But it's, he, does he a bad tries job. so hard. He to be does. fair, what other six-year-old do you know who tries to make breakfast in bed for his mom on his own birthday? He is a sweet kid. I'm just saying. He if, lacks execution skills. Yeah, if my kid brought me a tray full of terrible milk and orange juice combination with burnt toast with a glob, a fistful of butter on it, I'd be like, hey, you know how to make breakfast, right? We need, we need to talk because, like, this I is actually do think by, like, when I was seven, I knew how to make scrambled eggs. But, yeah. So I could at least six. make toast. Yeah. I feel like his, I know he's supposed to be six, and I know his actor was seven. I feel like he comes across more as, like, a four-year-old. Yeah, he seems young for his age. I think a lot of times people don't know what kids act like. I think that's true. This was probably written by someone who... Really babyish, yeah. Yeah, thought that kids don't know what they're doing. Well, this kid does not know what he's doing. That's true. It's kind of a strange thing about him, too, because, like, throughout the movie, he goes from a very, like, oh, what are you talking about? To, like, fully understanding everything in, like, a three-minute switch. (laughs) He's, like, making, like, sassy puns at the end, and it's like, okay, kid. There's a wide range of his abilities in this movie. Maybe he just matures a lot over this story, and this is actually a coming-of-age tale. True, it's a two-day-long coming-of-age tale. (laughs) I mean, hey, you know, when you're about to be murdered, puberty just kicks in really fast. (laughs) While he's making this breakfast, you hear, like, on the TV these ads for good guy dolls, and there's, like, this terrifying commercial where there's, like, a person dressed up like a good guy doll, and, like, they talk about how they can talk to you, and they can blink, and they can look around, they'll be your friend till the end. And And he really wants one. He He has, like, the pajamas. Yeah, he's wearing the matching pajamas, and he looks over, and there's this huge present that's just about the right size as a good guy doll. And he's, like, He's super excited. So he brings the breakfast to his mom, and and wakes her up and is like, yo, I need to open my presents. And she's like, okay, great, let's go open this stuff. And he's so like, that way I don't have to eat this disgusting breakfast that you made like, me. She's like, I'm going to just eat this later. <laughs> and he spills this, like, orange juice milk concoction everywhere as he's oh, carrying it. Honestly, milk on the hardwood, man. Milk on the hardwood. <laughs> yes, it's disgusting. It's monstrous. It might be the worst thing that happens in this movie in terms of true visceral horror. No, it's not. It's not even close. I was going to say, I mean, it's pretty close, but, but I think being having your, like, knee tendon slashed is a little closer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So he goes in, and they're like, we're going to open the presents. He's like, I want to open that big one first. And she's like, are you sure you don't want to open the small one? And he's like, no, that one. 
So he opens it, and it's jeans. Which, like, honestly, uh, what the fuck? That is a cruel prank, man. It's such a big box, and jeans are not that big. No, she pulls out one pair of six-year-old person jeans. She has a three-and-a-half-foot-wide box. <laughs> you can't do that to kids. You can. They always think the big package is going to be Also, like, when cool. you're a kid, getting clothes as a present is the most disappointing oh, thing sucks. in the world. Which I guess is why she was like, can you open the other one first? And he was like, no. But she also knew he wanted the the, the good guy doll. So, so it was why very would you cruel. put it in that box? Anyway. He you opens... don't even need to put clothes in a box to wrap it. No, you can just wrap them up. Yeah. Exactly. So he opens the other one and says, like, a good guy toolkit. And he's like, I actually just would like a, a, a good guy doll. And she's like, I know. I, I didn't know. have enough time to save up for it. She later mentions it's $100 for this doll, which I feel like in 1988 is a lot of money. Dude, yeah, a movie also... ticket in 1988 was $4.12 on average. So, so 25 yes, movie tickets. Yeah. They really, like... Her money situation is not made 100% clear because they're like, we're broke, I have to work all this overtime, I can't afford it. And then they live in, like... A really nice apartment. A gorgeous apartment that apparently is in one of, like, the most expensive, like, six-figure, even in 1988, like, very expensive historic buildings in Chicago. So I guess maybe the dad owned it. That's possible, Or, like, she bought it with the dad before he died. Because Andy's dad is dead, so... Yeah, I mean, if you go into his room, like, there's stuff all over... Like, he has so many toys, and his room is packed out with stuff, and so he doesn't seem like they're off too badly in terms of money, but it's probably a recent thing due to the father passing. Yeah, which would, I guess, make sense for why he's like, what the fuck, why can't I get this toy? Yeah. If he's used to just getting whatever toy he wants, you know? makes sense, yeah. And he's not mean about it, he's just like sad and disappointed because he's obsessed with this thing. But she feels awful about it. She does. So the next day at work or later that day I guess at work she's chilling with her friend Maggie who is obviously the best character in this entire movie. She actually is She's great. Not just because you share the name because she just is such a genuinely good person. There's no one who's bad except for like Chucky. Chucky. Yeah. I guess Eddie is not so great. I don't know man. A little bit of an off color joke about having a hot date with a six-year-old. Yeah, a lot of people make jokes about having dates with six-year-olds in this movie. I thought she was, she said it's going to be a hotter date than any I've had recently. I think she was just like, I have nothing going on in my life, so like, this is better than anything else. It didn't seem like she was making a joke like, I'm going on a date with a six-year-old. I think she was just saying, this is a better night than, because I haven't had any hot dates. True. So I think, true. still a little weird, but I get what you mean. A little weird, but I think it wasn't, as gross as it could have been. Yeah. She oh, also I'm made a joke about having dated the uh, the peddler guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Which we get to. Meet. Yes. Because she rolls up next to um, Karen is the name of the mom. So she's at work with Karen Barclay, who is Andy's mom. Um, and she's like, hey, you know that doll that you wanted to buy Andy? And she's like, yes, it's $100. So I can't afford it. She's like, cool. There's a guy in the alley selling one right now. I bet you can get a deal. And she's like, all right, let's go. So they go down there, and this guy has this, the doll, Chucky, uh, in his cart. It's still in the box and everything. Um, they haggle him down to, like, 30 bucks. And for the record, we did hear earlier on the television that each doll has a different name. Yeah. And so when the doll's name is specifically Chucky, it makes sense yeah. that, like, the doll on TV was named Oscar. Yeah. So it does fit the lore of the movie. Right. Right. It works. So she buys this doll off of this peddler. Maggie starts freaking out for some reason. She's like, what if it's stolen? It's like, yeah, it's a guy selling a doll in an alleyway. Like, but it's probably stolen. why didn't stolen. she bring that up until... I think she got mad because she couldn't haggle the lower. guy down any further. Makes sense. Which is like, it's a $100 doll. If you get it for 30 bucks, that's like still pretty good. Yeah. So she takes it. She goes back upstairs. Her boss is like, where have you been? You're not supposed to be on your break. 
Uh, and then he makes her work uh, double that night. Yeah, that is, he is the hands-down most annoying boss character oh, I have God. ever seen in a single movie. He's pretty bad. He's yeah. awful. He comes in, calls her out for not taking a break at the appropriate time, and then tells her that she needs to work all night on her son's birthday, and she's allowed to go pick him up from daycare at 5 p.m. and has to be back by 7. Yeah. But Maggie, who is wonderful, offers to babysit. Yeah. She's like, as we said, whatever, I don't have anything else cooking, so let's do it. So Karen goes home and she gives Andy the toy, and he's, like, freaking out about it. He's so excited. Yeah, and he asks the doll's name, and it opens its eyes, and he's like, hi, I'm Chucky. I'm your friend till the end. Heidi ho Right? Yeah. Heidi ho Heidi ho Which is weird. Don't ever get your kid a doll that says Heidi ho I think because he's, like, wearing overalls, and he's supposed to be, like, mining or something. I don't know. Hi ho (laughs) Hi ho He's a child. <laughs> I hope they're not being like, yes, let us still keep the child well, miner alive. Well, Hooray! He is working. On the socialist is going good. The children in mine all day long. I feel like when they show them on TV, they're like in a mine-like setting or something. Am I just inventing that? Yes, I he, think you're he came down off a hot air balloon. There is no oh. mine. <laughs> I'm inventing things. It's you can fine. tell Maddie doesn't spend a lot of time in the mines. Uh, <laughs> are you saying they're not hot air balloons in mines? Not always. But occasionally. Occasionally. There's hot air. It's There's definitely hot air, I think. And sometimes balloons. I think it mostly be cold air. Yeah. Well, I think if there's a lot of people down there, it might get hot. Also, like, if you dig closer to the core of the earth. I don't know. You don't dig close enough to the core of the earth when you're mining for it to get warmer. I think I've read too many no-sleep stories <laughs> in which there's, like, hell that they literally Have you read reach. too much of Journey to the Center of the Earth? Because I think that's the only one that would... <laughs> yeah, M- Maddie, how thick do you think the crust is? I don't I can't actually tell you, <laughs> anyway, but I do know realistically. As it turns out, no one is mining at all in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Karen leaves and Maggie comes over and she's like chilling and he's playing with uh, with his toolkit and his brand new Chucky doll. He has a great like construction hat and Chucky. And he's teaching him how to build things. He like hits the thing with a hammer and he goes, "That's how you build things, Chucky." And Chucky is paying more attention to... Because Chucky is moving his head on his own. Yep. So, yeah. So he's much more interested in, like, watching the 9 o'clock news than he is in playing with Andy. In advance of the 9 o'clock news, there's this trailer about what they're going to be talking about, which is the fact that Eddie Caputo, his um, Charles Lee Ray's old getaway driver, yeah, has escaped from the precinct. And so he's, like, trying to keep an eye on that. Um, And Maggie's like, all right, time to go to bed. Because it's almost nine o'clock. Yeah. And so she drags both Andy and Chucky to bed despite Andy saying, but Chucky wants to watch the news. Yeah, she's like, I don't really care. Go to sleep. I want to hang out and do grown stuff. So she puts him to bed. Um, She goes back in the kitchen. She's munching on the cake. It looks delicious. It does. Nice chocolate cake. But then, right behind her, the TV turns on. And it's the nine o'clock news. And we know that Andy's brushing his teeth in the other room, so it's not him. It's not. It is Chucky who's sitting in the chair watching the news. Yep. And she's like, what the fuck? I told you he's not allowed to, like, watch this. What, did he just walk in there on his own? And Andy's like, yep, yep. that's exactly what happens. <laughs> Pretty much. And she's like, don't lie to me. You need to go to bed. She gets really mad at him. She puts him in bed. Andy does drops a really important one of once he's tucked back into bed after the 9 o'clock news, he looks back at Chucky and tells him, I told you she'd be mad at you if you watched the news. Yeah. So it's... It's he's clear been there's revealed. a conversation here. Yeah. Right? They're talking to each other. It's not just Andy. Yeah. So while she's relaxing in the other room, she starts to hear, like, some noises around. Yeah. And we see, like, from, like, Chucky's perspective... 
kind of sneaking around. Yeah, we see him sneaking around. We see him run by, run by really, really fast. And Andy is wearing the same exact outfit as Chucky. Like, he has a little cute kid version of the good, the guy, good guy overalls outfit. with like the matching shoes and all that yeah he's got his pj sneakers is what he calls them That's which really is a cute. weird concept but it's cute so they they match so it's a little unclear from a distance who's running around but we know who but we it know is. it's chucky um and she starts to get freaked out but she gets a phone call from karen who is at work still just checking on her asking how things are going and she's, she's like i'm freaked out and i'm just freaking myself out because it's quiet in this house and i'm alone and I'm just, you know, psyching myself out. Which is weird, though, because by the time she gets a phone call, she's found, like, a chair next to the front door and it's unlocked. Yeah. Like, that's not just freaking yourself there's out. There's, like, flour dumped all over the kitchen. Like, there's significant changes or something going on in this apartment. The flour the second she gets might to be from making the birthday cake, though. Yeah, but it wasn't there earlier. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, so, it's like, a lot of it is, she's she's just more willing to be like, well, I'm making this up. That makes my life easy. <laughs> I think also it's like, she knows Karen's at work and she doesn't want to be like, weird shit is happening here. And that's I true. can't control it, you know? Because, like, if your best friend leaves you in control of their child, like, you want to yeah. do your best, but... Don't answer the phone with, ah, ah. <laughs> Yeah, because the phone rings and she, like, screams. Yeah. Which is understandable. So she hangs up and turns around and just immediately gets a good hammer guy to the face. Hammer. Yeah, right in the face. Which, if they're making those things out of metal, like, man, the 80s were a cool time to have toys. <laughs> Don't give those to your children. They will hurt themselves. Or you. Or you. Or, or their doll will hurt yeah, Their toys yeah, their will toys. hurt you with them. So she gets a hammer in the face and reacts to it by running backwards for 20 feet and grabbing everything in her path and then falling out a window. Which I'm pretty sure that's where the $9 million budget went. Just a huge silverware budget because she's knocking that shit over. She's knocking plants over. And she falls in a truck. She does. But anyway, she dies. Yep. So Karen comes home, like the next scene is Karen showing up and there's police officers all around her house. There's like an ambulance. There's, you know, everything's taped off and she just like goes strolling on in. And no one ever... person, maybe like one extra makes it look like they're going to the effort of like, eh, don't like, go who by. are you? Right? And she's like, oh, I love her. And they're like, great. <laughs> even need to like prove that she lived there. She no. didn't need to say anything about it. She was no. just like, I live here. And they're like, okay, cool. Even and they're not like, even like, oh, FYI. Something bad happened. Like, do you know the person who was here tonight? Like, do you know the woman who is watching this kid? Like, are you his mom? Like, FYI, she's dead. They don't do any of that. Nope. She doesn't find out that anything happened until she goes in to talk to Andy, who's already talking to illegally without Mike. a mother present. Um, to Mikey. Mike. Mikey is interrogating a minor without a parent present. Which is understandable to a certain extent because, like, this woman falls out a window. You go upstairs to check out the apartment that she fell out of. You find a six-year-old alone. Like, you kind of do need to stay there with him, but you probably can't full-on question him. Yeah, he doesn't seem to mind, though. He seems to launch right into the full-on questioning of the child. He is, by the way, in case you are getting confused in who's who, uh, this is Chris Saran, and this is the same guy who was trying to track down um, Charles Lee Ray at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So she goes in, and, like, they explain that, like, she fell out a window... And I gotta say, Mike seems like he immediately latches on to the idea that somehow this six-year-old child was the killer. Yeah, because there's the flower that's on the counter and little, little footprints in it. But also, production-wise, that's not how footprints work. They have, like, perfect... <laughs> it's like they have piles of flour that were just laid out. That's not how you tiptoe through flour. Definitely you come not. Through that. Oh, my God. No. And 
so he asks about whether or not the kid was on the counter and the kid was like no I wasn't then to the mom he's like well I already checked all of his shoes and none of them match anyway she's like what the fuck like don't do that that's a very like intrusive thing to do immediately when entering this house when you think a six year old might have murdered someone yeah and again like this guy is a detective and he can't tell the difference between a doll shoe size and a six year old shoe size if I just look at them there's a significant size difference in what those are going to be. Yeah, like, he's holding Chucky. So you can see his feet versus Chucky's feet. And they're two completely different sizes. They are. But as um, Karen is taking Andy back to bed, he gets a glimpse of the bottom of Andy's PJ sneakers. Yeah, and he's like, wait, what are those? They have such a cool print on the bottom. And with it's a cowboy. Same. It's and the same as the prints in the flower. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, these are my good guy sneakers. And Chucky, of course, has matching ones. Yeah. But again, he doesn't pick up on the size difference because he's a bad detective. And also because he wants to inexplicably put this child away for murder. While also simultaneously hitting on the mom. While also not considering any other suspects and not considering how any of this will hold up in a court of law because he's a bad detective. But yes, he does try to get the mom to call him, and she's like, no. And as the mom's trying to, like, force the detective out the door, Andy runs back in because he knows that Chucky has flour on his shoes. And he goes, I know who was up on the counter. It was Chucky. And everyone's like, all right, bye. Like, go back to sleep. We don't believe you. But when he goes back to bed... That's when he says, He like, nestles in and he goes, you're right, they didn't believe me, or something like no, that. No, he, he, when he nestles back in, I, it might actually be before he notices the flower for the first time, he's like, what did you think was so important about my PJ sneakers? So he, like, he implies that Chucky told him to put on the sneakers. Oh. Or, like, because he goes, what did you think was so, because he mentions them, and he goes, you didn't know either, or something like that. Like, he, he acknowledges to Chucky that Chucky was talking to him about the sneakers. I missed that entirely. Yeah, so it's, I think the implication is that Chucky is trying to set him up. Gotcha. A little bit. I think it's more that it's literally, like, the naivete of Andy, of just not knowing that he's becoming a suspect. Yeah. Of, like, you know, what do you mean, Chucky? That's weird, because he doesn't think, he doesn't know that Chucky did it either. Right, that's true. Yeah. yeah, but at some point he does say to Chucky, like, you're right, they don't believe me, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 that's way later. Yeah. I fucked that up. Yeah, that's okay. He talks to Chucky a lot, and Chucky doesn't talk back for a really long time. No, it takes him a while before we hear Chucky actually have a conversation back. Yeah. So, um, after the police officer leaves, the mom comes in to talk to her son, um, and she's like what's going on? Who are you talking to in here? And he's like, oh, I'm talking to Chucky. And she's like, well, what is he saying? And he goes, he says his real name is Charles Lee Ray, and he was sent down from heaven from daddy to look out for me. And he also says that Aunt Maggie was a real bitch who got what she deserved. Which is like a hard left turn. I love that juxtaposition. <laughs> it's like, he's an angel, and he wants to kill my, my aunt. Like, interesting. I mean, to be fair, he just wanted to watch the 9 o'clock news, man. <laughs> like 30 minutes. <laughs> He's just trying to get some sweet intel on his old friend. Now, say that you are Aunt Maggie, because mm-hmm. I feel like sure. someday you will be an Aunt Maggie. Yeah. So, let's say a kid says, my doll really wants to watch the news. Do you put the kid to bed without the doll and let the doll watch the news, or do you force them both to go to bed? Oh, man. I mean, I definitely wouldn't bring a doll into the living room and play the news for it, because I feel like that's weird. That's significantly creepier if you just let the doll do it because that means that on a certain level 
you were okay with it becoming sentient. Yeah, and well, you're kind so of like what approving I was thinking the idea that is like, more the like the news is coming on, and there's Andy and Chucky sitting there, and Andy's like, but Chucky wants to watch the news. Be like, great, so you can leave Chucky out here while I put you to bed, and just like leaving the doll in the room with the news on. And that way it's not as big a deal and no one's, like, fighting and the kid goes to bed, which is your goal anyway. Does it matter if the doll point. stays out in the living room? But it's his brand new doll. Do you think the kid is... You think gonna go to bed gonna without it? Go, exactly. That's but true. You got true. just today. This is your new thing. You want to do everything with it. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. I don't know. I'd probably just be like, no, both of you need to go to bed because it's a doll and it doesn't matter. And then I would get Aunt maggie and I would get shoved out a window. And you're a real bitch who gets what you deserve. It's true. <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. <laughs> anyway, the mom leaves the room and starts listening at the door. And so Andy starts talking to Chucky. I think that's actually when he says, yeah, you're would right, they wouldn't believe me. And then he tries to get him to talk and say something. And Chucky turns his head and looks at the door and sees the shadow of the mom from underneath the door showing that she's there and he doesn't want her to know that he actually is alive. So he doesn't say anything. And then a moment later, he says like that, I'm Chucky, and I like to be hugged. And then Andy's like, good, because I like hugging you. And he hugs him real tight. And, and then the really mom's cute. like, oh, what a fucked up night. And yep. leaves. And then she sends the kid back to school the next morning. I feel like you need a day. Like, between well, like at least 12 being hours, in the maybe? house when your mom's best friend dies to, like, then going back to school. Well, but again, like, look, she's a single mother. She's working true. very hard, obviously, That's to true, keep everything yeah. in. So let's, she probably can't because she has to go true. to work. Like, also, she has to I drop guess there's, like, the normalcy. Like, she does check and she's like, you're definitely okay, right? Like, you didn't have any bad dreams. And he's like, no, I'm good. He brings Chucky with him to school, which is a bad idea because the doll is almost the same size as he is. But he's not the only one. Yeah, there are lots of kids carrying around these three-foot-tall dolls. Yeah, it's weird. And it also seems like they're going to get lost. They're all dressed the same. I used to bring my... Oh, that would have been a great plot twist if, like, two of them got Mm. swapped and went home with another kid. I guess they do say their names, though, so that's true. Yeah. But I used to bring a little, like, Raja from Aladdin. I had him as a stuffed animal and I'd bring him with me everywhere when I was like four years old yeah so I understand the idea of bringing your favorite toy with you but not one that's three feet tall yeah it I just have a three foot like tighter. he can barely carry it on his own yeah like he has to like do that little kid lean back to like carry it around but it doesn't matter whether that doll's at school because he dips out almost immediately yeah hey you know what I just gotta say this is the one part of Andy's life where Chucky is looking for out, out for him because he doesn't need that school. That place is useless. He's going to be in jail in some mental institution talking about talking dolls all the time. He does not need any kind of education. He needs more real world experience taking the L to downtown Chicago as a <laughs> six-year-old by himself, which is what he does. Also, I mean, how good is this school if they don't call the mom to say, by the way, your son is just not here. Right. Absent today. Uh, we never found out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and there's no one, like, to stop him from leaving. Because schools do have a strict policy where the parents need to call in and say, like, hey, my kid is sick. Yeah. So that way, this exact thing doesn't happen. I mean, I think it's mostly so that kids don't, like, skip on their own or, like, get abducted. And less so that, like, a sentient doll doesn't tell them I to I think go it's mostly the sentient revenge. doll thing, actually. Okay, no, I get you, I get you. I, I've never lived in Chicago, so maybe it's different there. There's a lot of bad stuff, as we know from watching Candyman. Yeah. Weird things happen in Chicago. They do. Haven't you heard about the organization Mapped? Mothers Against Possessed Dolls. <laughs> Let's make t-shirts. Raise awareness. 
so he makes his way downtown and no one fucking stops him or says, hi, child, why are you here by Not yourself? Not a single person. The no teachers like, don't say anything when he leaves. The train operators don't be like, why are you a six-year-old taking this train by yourself with your giant doll? None of, like, I get that it's supposed to be a bad neighborhood where he ends up. But you just but think like, someone Just because people notice. are, like, broke doesn't mean that they, like... Not everybody in a poor neighborhood is, like, a bad person, which I think goes without saying. Like, but I think they try to kind of imply that like, everyone who is in this bad neighborhood is a bad person I in guess, this movie, which, which is just feels, not true. Yeah. Well, the way they portray every single homeless person in this is just, like, the fucking worst. Yep. Like, violent and, like, unhinged, basically. At, at yeah. any point, all of, like, they don't care about a kid walking around. They're just like, eh, whatever, cool. The, you know, later on, it's like, eh, watch somebody get raped. Sure, whatever. Yeah. Let's do this as a group. It's pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, it is messed up. And no one, no one, literally no one is like, child, where are you going? But, but child is goes is to Eddie Caputo's house. His crack house. It's yeah, bad. It's bad. There's rats everywhere. And so they go up to the house and Andy puts Chucky down. He's like, well, stay right here. I need to go tinkle. And he walks And off. he's wearing this like huge <laughs> snowsuit walking through the snow so it's gonna be a process of him trying yeah. to tinkle. I'm impressed that he managed to not pee himself because he is a six-year-old outside in a full snowsuit. That's true. And I feel like six-year-olds don't ever know when to tell you that they have to go to the bathroom early enough so that they can actually go to it. So yeah so while Andy is off tinkling as he puts it which is kind of cute. Taking a tinkle. Does he say I have to take a tinkle? I gotta go tinkle. He's tinkling. He uses tinkling as a verb instead of a noun. <laughs> so he goes off and Chucky decides he's gonna go accomplish his goals and yeah he sneaks into the house and opens the oven and turns it on but blows out the actual fire part and of it and then cranks up the gas but just in a moment for for all of the effort that they put into making this doll and making this thing talk and have all these great expressions I want to meet the guy that made that hand because <laughs> You've seen his hands the entire time. They're like nubby, weird things at first. And then this one is like this creepy, like realistic adult miniature plastic hand coming around the corner that does not fit in any way, shape, or form. It really doesn't. We get a handful of close-ups on this like very small, semi-realistic hand. I feel like it's a hand. But it's only when it's the only the hand. Yeah. But also like we see his hand in other situations as well. Yeah. And it never looks like this again. It's like once it has to grab something, it like they completely change the shape of it. Because that... Yeah. It's a different Literally. hand. And it happens two or three yeah. times where it's just like a close-up of the hand going in and grabbing something and it's that one different hand. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a part when I was a kid. I remember like watching these movies. I never knew when the switch was going to happen of, oh, is it going to jump in, jump out of out of being a doll and become real all of a sudden? Because I couldn't tell from the special effects of like, yeah. oh, here is when they stop the real doll and they put the one that they're going to use as the animatronic in for this next sequence. Now it's just like, oh, yeah. This, he's gonna talk. He's gonna say something because he look his skin all of a sudden looks completely different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so he's making enough noise that it freaks out Eddie upstairs, and he's like looking around. He's got his gun because he's a badass gangster, and so he's like looking around and he's just shooting at things because it's probably mostly rats that he's hearing, but it's also Chucky. So he goes downstairs and he sees. Andy go running by looking for Chucky, and for a second you're like, oh shit, he's gonna shoot Andy, but he doesn't. He's just like, that's a kid. Who cares? What he does shoot is the oven, which he, apparently surprises him. <laughs> yeah, he opens the door and shoots immediately into the kitchen, and the house blows up. It yeah. Goes um, and so the next scene is Karen arriving at the uh, police station, where they are questioning her son for his involvement in another murder. But here's the thing. 
He doesn't have any connection to Eddie Caputo. Nope. He doesn't... He's a, he's a six-year-old. How does a six-year-old blow up a house and get out alive, unscathed? There's no evidence that he was even in the house. But there's evidence he was there. Tinkle. <laughs> I mean, yes. I guess technically, yes. They, they would have a record of him having peed in the snow across the, across the street. But... I don't know, man. I, I really don't think the Chicago PD is doing such a good job with this one because they're number not. one, they you know they're questioning a six year old for the murder of somebody being pushed out a window, uh, and then also for blowing up a house of yeah. a well known criminal. They're doing yeah, a why good. Why would like, they just assume it's an accident and be like, this kid needs to get like some help for the fact that he's like running away from school after seeing a traumatic event? Like they immediately go to like this kid's a serial killer. And it's like he's six. Yeah, <laughs> he's a child. So, Would have been a great fucking twist if. It actually was the kid blaming it all on yeah, the doll. That would be oh great. Very God. different movie, yeah. but it could have been great. I would love that film. That would oh be amazing. God. If at the end, she's like looking at Chucky and he's all scary and then he just like stabs her to death. Like the kid stabs her to death. Yeah. It would have been a sweet twist. That's not what happens in this movie no. though. It's definitely really Chucky. Um, so she's like, no one believes you about, she literally sits down and she goes, listen to me. Nobody believes you. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, Chucky said they wouldn't believe me, but it's Chucky. And she's like, oh my God. He does more than say he, he wouldn't believe me. He's like, Chucky told me that he's this person. He's going to kill me if yeah, I don't like, do this. He said his real name is Charles Lee Ray, which I guess he already said. But he says it again, I think. Not in the police station at that point. Oh, right. It's, that makes sense. It's okay. not yeah. until, yeah. But anyway. Um, we can so, just cut that out. Sorry. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah. So, she's like, this is all messed up. You need to tell the truth. He's like, I am telling the truth. Like, he said he'd kill me. And then the, the psychiatrist is like, maybe he should just come with us for a bit. Which, like, does seem like a good idea, because he definitely needs some kind of help if oh, yeah. they actually don't believe there's a doll killing people and just people are dying around him. He does need some help, but, like, they lock him in a cage, basically. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need that kind of help. But even before that, like, a trained psychologist. Like, Andy starts beating up Chucky, trying to make him actually talk. Yeah. Like, the, if if he was lying, there is a, a part of that six-year-old brain that would be able to not to come up with details, things like that. Yeah. He is so convinced in trying to make that, that he, as a trained person evaluating them, it's like, okay, duress. You know, maybe there's a, other weird abuse going on, but not just like... This is obviously is, a murderer. Yeah, let's put him in a, in a fucking cell. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of good adult... Like, Karen's the only one who doesn't suck, really, as an adult. And Maggie. still kind of... Karen kind of sucks as an adult, though. In what way? I mean... Well, Because she's like, she's not saying you did it. She's just like, you need to tell us what actually happened. I don't know, man. She doesn't know where that doll came from. And it's brand new introduced. And the second you give your son a doll... People start dying. And, like, crazy shit happens? Like... You you should love your six year old to know who they're gonna be like innocent little Andy man he's well so... she doesn't think it's him no she just she thinks, thinks something else is going on and she doesn't know why he was there and she wants to know the truth as to why he was there and he says it's because of Chucky she's like you need to tell me the actual fucking truth because I don't believe you that it's Chucky and if you don't tell me the truth they believe it's this other thing and they're gonna take you away from me yeah she's like fairly reasonable. In, in comparison of, like, of everyone else in this movie. Yeah. Except for Maggie, who's also pretty reasonable. Yeah. Well, I mean... It, I, I so, and to be fair, this entire movie is Maggie's fault, though. She's the one who saw the peddler with the doll. That is true. Way to go, champ. It wasn't really me. We just have the same name. Yeah, but it's like that, you know, your name in a book that everybody's reading at school kind of thing. It's, it's your fault. You. 
Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway, uh, so she's like, they, they take him away um, to go to the psychologists um, to get checked out. And so she goes home alone. With the doll. With the doll. She's like, fuck you. She sits down and she like starts yelling at the doll. She's like, tell me, like, talk, damn you. Like, what's wrong with you? She shakes it like a, you shouldn't shake a baby. But yeah. It's, it's fine because it's a doll. And he just says some normal thing and he, she's like, oh my God, whatever. And she puts him down. She goes in the kitchen. She finds the box and she's looking at the box. And while she's looking at the box, the batteries fall out. And so she picks them up and she's like, what? She checks the box and it says batteries included. And she's like, wait. So she goes over and then she flips him over onto the back and she opens up his back cavity and there's nothing in there and she's like oh fuck and then his head spins around and he goes i'm chucky i'm your friend till the end and she's like fuck this drops him oh no she goes he goes want to play which is even creepier that's much creepier than i'm your friend to the end yeah so she instantly is like dropping it like it's hot and just the amazing team that put together like all of these stunts for the doll that's hardcore air quotes there uh she throws it on the ground and just instantly rolls under the couch. Yeah, it does. Like, it is like a perfectly... Whoop. Oh, man. It, it must have been an actor. I mean, like... <laughs> and so she, like, reaches down. She, like, pulls him out. And she's like, fuck this stuff. Like, I'm not into it. She goes over to the fireplace. She lights a match. She throws it in. She's like, you need to talk right now or I'm going to light you on fire. And he talks. And Shut then, your fucking face, you stupid dumb slut! Yeah. <laughs> and then he bites Filthy her. slut. Yeah. Teach you to fuck with me. And then he bites her arm. And she's like, what the fuck? Um, and that's the first time we actually see him be like his real self and use the yeah. real voice and, and it's not a totally the doll voice. different face. Yeah. Completely oh, different. Oh, 100% face. different. It's the evil Chucky that everybody knows, the like scary looking Chucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he runs away out of the apartment, as you do when you're a doll who's been caught. And she goes to find Detective Mike. And she's like, guess what? The batteries were never in the toy, and it is Chucky all this time, and he attacked me. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, no, 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 look, he bit me. And so she shows him the bite on her arm, and it looks fucked up. She's like, okay, well, then I'm going to go figure out what happened. Like, I'm going to go back to where I got the doll from. And he's like, I don't think you should probably go down there in the middle of the night. And she's like, later, bitch. And so she leaves. So she goes by herself to this really not great part of Chicago. I mean, it's it's the skid row of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And all these people, there's like these close-ups of all these different people looking at her as she walks by. No, she's supposed to be talking to them, like asking, have you seen my son? Have you seen my son? Oh, she like gestures about teeth because she's looking for the peddler. So she's like, he has bad teeth. He has a cart and stuff like that. And everybody's like, I thought it was just like weird close-ups of people shaking their head. (laughs) She's not supposed to be. I don't know why they decided. Because you don't hear anything. They just dropped the audio in that one for some reason. It's really strange. I think it's supposed to be dramatic or something, but it's just confusing. So she finds the peddler and she's like, hey, where did you get that doll from? And he's like, oh, I'll tell you. Like, what are you going to give me if I tell you? And she's like, I don't have that much. She like tries to give him money out of her purse. And he's like, oh, you do have a lot. And then he tries to attack her. Like, yeah, he puts her like he forces her down into a car. And like, he's clearly intending to sexually assault her. Well, everyone's just standing around watching. Yeah, Yeah. crowd forms. Which is fucked up. Like, I would like to think that even like, again, I I feel like this is depending on the, the concept that like, homeless people and drug addicts are, like, inherently bad people. Which is not true. Which, like, I feel like you can be a drug addict and still not want to watch a woman get raped in front of you. Like, that seems like a low bar to pass. But fortunately for her, (laughs) Mike shows up at this point in time because he followed her because, duh. Um... He got the hots for her. Also, he doesn't want to see a woman, woman alone in Skid Row get yeah. attacked. Like, he knew pretty much what was probably going to happen. Also, it's the 80s. you got to stalk a woman a little bit to make her your girlfriend. <laughs> that is what I learned from 80s movies. Yeah, Even you, like you do have to do movies. some light stalking. Yeah. Just a little stalking. Just a little a touch. Yeah, it's, you're a not... t- it's a romantic... Romantic stalking. A little, yeah, twinge of, of stalking. So he meets up with her, and he saves her from getting attacked, and then he's like... 
pulls a gun on everybody. He's like, who else wants to party? And they're like, not me. And they all run away. Because that's not how I party. No, you got to start your party request a little so bit So then he pulls the gun back on the peddler guy with the bad teeth. And he was like, you're going to tell us the answer to this question now. And so he talks about how he got this doll from a burnt out toy store. On Washburn. Wash. Wabash. 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 And finally, Mike is like, oh, fuck. And so he lets him go, which is weird because I feel like he should have arrested him because he definitely just tried to rape a lady right in front of him. But yeah. okay. So he lets him go. And then he's talking to her and he's like, she's like, well, you recognize something about what he said. Like, what does that mean? Like, where is that? And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to tell you. And she's like, my son's life depends on it. Which she says like 50 times in like this 10 minute span. I mean, she's right. though. She is right. Yeah. Um, and he's like, that's where I killed, that's where Charles E. Ray died. And she's like, how do you know that? And he's like, it's because I'm the man who killed him. She's like, you didn't tell me this? He's like, well, it's not really something you just tell someone. Yeah, which is a good point. Yeah. Um. Hey, my name's Detective Such and Such. I killed Charles Lee Ray. <laughs> How's it going? I'm in this room with your son. Um, so she's like, well, then obviously it's him. Like, you should know. Like, it's definitely him. Like, he's, he's like, nah. He's like, I don't think so. So he forces her out of the car. She makes him tell her where Charles Lee Ray lived. So she gets an address from him, but he's still like, go home. Which I feel like is a lot of information for a detective to tell just a random witness to other stuff. Especially since she's already gone to a dangerous part of Chicago by herself and nearly gotten attacked. And he just gave her the directions as to how to get to another dangerous part of Chicago. Yeah, where a murderer lived. Actively helping you to impede an investigation at some level. Yeah, and then she does this. She's like, oh, you hate loose ends and I'm a loose end, so I'm not going to like go away or whatever and so he goes back to the police station pulls out charles lee ray's file yep does a little bit of digging on him so he gets the file and he goes back to his car and he's cruising along and all of a sudden chucky's in the back seat i like how i was like oh chucky's totally in the back seat right and tim was like no (laughs) (laughs) and then 30 seconds later he gets attacked chucky's in the back seat (laughs) what yeah like if somebody asks oh man is that guy gonna be the killer five minutes into a movie and you know the answer is yes of course you say no oh i know it's just really funny (laughs) But your instincts were right. He is back there. He tries to strangle Mike. Mike burns him in the face with a uh, cigarette lighter. Yeah. The, like, the pull-out lighter from oh, yeah, the car. Oh, yeah, I used to have one of those in my car. Yeah, I feel like they don't do that much anymore. I guess they have them as, like, the, the plug-in place, but I feel like people don't use them for cigarette lighters No, anymore. you don't get the actual cigarette lighter that you, like, push and it gets real hot. Yeah. The confusing thing for, for me here is Chucky chose to use, like... The jumper cables as yeah. the yeah. garrote to, to kill this dude? Like, bro... You're in a cop's car. There's got to be other weapons in there. You would think so. Then he pulls out a knife and starts stabbing him. And it's like, one, you could have just started with that and he wouldn't have reacted. He just could have just cut his throat. Yeah. But honestly, the comedic value of that knife coming through the entire time. That was really good. Because he goes under the seat and then he's trying to stab up and he's like trying to keep his junk from getting stabbed the whole time. I will say, though when I didn't realize this until just now, is that Charles E. Ray was the strangler. Yeah. Oh. So his go-to is to strangle people. That and makes so he sense. he started by trying to strangle the detective. He does I try just to made that realization a right now. times in this movie. Yeah. When stabbing might be easier. And it's because he just has a thing for strangling. It's just his preference, man. It just makes you wonder, like, is there scalability of human to doll strength or doll to human strength? Does the doll have all of the strength of Charles Lee Ray? It's not in clear that because form, sometimes right? it seems like he does and sometimes it seems like he doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. It just, it's like, not consistent. When the mom is holding him before like throwing him in the fire, like it seems like she's holding like a cat who's yeah. like, kind of str- struggling up in the air and I'm doing a lot of arm motions that you guys can't see. <laughs> but... 
he's like trying real hard, but he's a freaking doll. He doesn't right. have that much strength. Then later he's like pushing a door open when the woman's keeping her entire body against it. So it's very inconsistent. It is. Um, but it makes for a very long fight scene in this car. It does. There's a very <laughs> long fight this scene. This is like a five minute long car scene. It's so long. And at some point, like Chucky goes and starts holding down the gas pedal and he, uh, Mike starts stomping on the guy's hand. It's just, there's a lot going on. Ultimately, the car flips, and Mike is trapped under the car, and um, Chucky keeps trying to stab him in the car. Well, Mike keeps trying to shoot him and fails. Yeah, he does end up getting him, though, because Chucky does. comes charging at him, and he shoots him in the chest, and then he, he manages to get away, and Chucky gets away. Yep. Um, and so Mike goes to meet Karen at Chucky's old apartment, which is very upsetting looking. Yeah. I don't know, man. I really enjoyed that extremely terrifying voodoo mural he had there. It like, actually reminded, you mentioned... Yeah, it reminded me a lot of the murals in Candyman, which came out in 1992. So a couple years after, yeah. Which is, I mean, also it is a lady going to a rough part of Chicago by herself. In a very similar looking A blonde lady jacket. in a big, a big old jacket, Yeah. Only four years later. True. And there were giant murals all over the place there. Telling his magical story. Which is exactly what happened here. So it's... I don't know if it was directly correlated, but there's definitely a lot of visual similarities. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Fun to see. Not a lot of uh, movies make us think of Candyman. That's true. It's a very unique film. I mean, not very many movies have a very, like, well put together... B-Man. Not what I was going to say. A well put together bee man. But not very many movies. He's put do together by that. bees. He is. That would make him a beehive then, if he's put together by bees. He's filled with bees. He wasn't assembled by bees. That's true. He's kept together by bees. He's, yeah, the bees keep him alive. He takes his strength from the bees. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. B12, B4. Shut up. B6. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she's in this creepy Candyman-style apartment, and why does Mike do this? Mike shows up behind her, does not announce just himself. Walks so slowly, so it looks like this guy's just, like, popping up behind her, but it's so obviously Mike the entire time. Like, yeah, because the, the killer is, like, three feet tall, so, yeah. like, it's obviously not him. But he waits till he's, like, six inches behind her and goes, Karen. And she's like, what the fuck? Obviously. <laughs> Very understandably. So they're looking around this place, and he shows her the file, and he's like, I found out a few things. Like, Charles E. Ray's real name was Chucky, or, like, he went by the name Chucky. Um, he liked to, you know, strangle people. He was a murderer, and he used to hang out with this guy. And he shows a picture of this guy named John. Um, John, John Bishop. John Bishop, who is, like, a voodoo priest guy, basically. Uh, and then we cut to John Bishop in his apartment, and Chucky comes in through the window. And John Bishop's like, what the fuck? And he's like, hey, look, the magic worked that you taught me. And he's like, oh, I didn't teach you to do this shit. Yeah. Um, Which, like, okay. He's like, he gets very mad and he's like, you perverted it. Like, I taught you things and you turned it and you used it for evil. It's like, the man was a serial killer when yeah, he was Yeah, what did you alive. expect was going to happen when you taught a serial killer all of these things? Did they not know he was a serial killer? He was being reformed in prison, okay? So maybe, maybe John Bishop is just, you know, like the system, hoping that there's some good stuff coming out of these people. Was he moment. being, was he in prison? Did they meet in prison? Yeah, that's, they were, that's oh. how, they were, oh. in, they were in the same uh, cell together. I oh. did not realize that. Yeah. Okay. And then he becomes like a client later after they get out. I must say graduate, but that's not what you do from prison. 
Probably he keeps coming to him to continue his learning. Because he knows where his house is. He knows where stuff is located in his house. He's obviously been there before. Okay, so that makes more sense. If they met in prison and that, okay. I'm pretty sure that was... Is that something that shows up in a later movie? I think that I don't think they I just think it. I think they specifically talk about it with like he hung out with this guy in prison. Oh, I, I thought they, they just meant like that. They that also do they show knew. that guy's mugshot when they bring up the photo, True. so, so they, it kind of makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. All right, so this but, is his prison pal potentially. Yeah, who there is also a mural of him painted on the wall of his apartment. Which I'm sorry, as a friend, I feel like I've really dropped the ball. Um, and we what can is make my that mural happen, and I will paint a mural of you in my living room, I guess. And I promise to teach you all of my magical ways. Awesome! I'm gonna put my body into. Um, I'm gonna put it in a Funko Pop. Oh, and I'm gonna sit you can on live your desk. On my desk. Yeah, you'll know all of the secrets. You should put me in a Chucky Funko Pop. Oh yeah, it'll be yeah. very meta. It'll be fun. We'll make a movie about it. Yeah. Chucky asks, like, how can I get out of this body? And he's right. like, you can't. He's like, oh really? And he's like, well, you're a perversion. I'm not going to tell you how. Is yeah. what ends up coming out of it. When and he's like, first he makes why did I possible. bleed? Yeah. He's like, this guy shot me in the chest and I bled and I thought that wasn't supposed to happen. He's like, well, you've been in it too long. It's becoming human. Yeah. So the whole idea is that the inside of him is becoming more and more like a human the longer he stays in this body. And if he wants to not spend the rest of his life in this doll body, he has to find another host. And he's like, it has to be... The first person you revealed your true identity to. So he's like, that's a six-year-old boy. Which is great, because he gets to live out an entire full life again. True. But the weird thing about that little detail of Child's Play, it's like, they hold that in all the rest of the movies. They never give you a definitive timeline of, like, how long he has to be in the body. It's like, he's in the same body for, like, 20 fucking years? Yeah. But I mean, I guess he would want... I mean, he never turns fully human. Exactly. He, ne- he never just becomes attached to it. It's never just, that's that's the end of it. It's always like a, well, a, another vessel, another vessel, another so vessel somehow. I haven't seen the second child's play probably since high school. He was barely a, a doll at this point. How is he still, like... So in the second one, they take the exoskeleton, they scrape all the old plastic off and put him in a new one because it's supposed to take place like... What two years or a little bit like almost immediately after the other yeah. movie, um, and that's when they're talking about like oh we got the real doll we went through and we checked it out there was nothing wrong with it because we figured oh there's probably some you know somebody put in a weird thing it's like hey I'm Ch- I'm Chucky I want to kill your family instead of you know just one of the random gotcha. engineers thing, then in the third one he because he gets like melted down kind of in the second one um, it's more like he gets a bunch of stuff that dumped onto him. And then they really they really mess him up like five times at the end of the second movie. The third one he gets cut into pieces, so that's kind of where that that reforming of the body stops a little bit. Gotcha. So, but it does make sense then for why he's like specifically trying to follow Andy, like in all of the and Andy is in like most of the other movies. I think yeah, he's in. He's, stu- he's not. He's in, he's not in one, in, two, and three. He's not in Bride Seed or he's Curse. in. He's in Curse and Cult. Oh, he's Curse and Cult. Okay, yeah. Curse and Cult. So like, he's yeah, like he shows a, back up. He's like a thirty-year-old, you know, thirty-seven-year-old man, like by the more recent, which ones. makes a lot of sense because it's a thirty-year-old movie. Yeah. Um, but it makes a lot of sense for why they would keep him as the target because he was still the first person that he ever saw, so he would still want to possess him, presumably. It makes sense. That's so, also the other thing that I think leads into Chucky being more of a a slasher serial killer kind of thing is, than anything it's else. It's the continuation of a single target that is being yeah. stalked the entire series. Exactly. Yeah, like Laurie or enemy. Sydney or yeah. yeah. Or I guess Camp Crystal Lake is sort of like an entity that he you know that Jason is stalking. Camp, yeah. camp Campers, counselors in yeah. general, yeah. We do find out that he needs to transfer his soul into the body of 
Andy if he wants a real human body again. And so he's like, great, I'm going to go do that. And the guy's like, um, I'm going to call somebody right now. And then he busts out. Like a, yeah, Chucky busts out like a voodoo doll. Yeah, Chucky busts out. Chucky busts out a voodoo doll of Bishop that Bishop had made for himself and showed other people, Which and told Bishop him to idiot. find it. <laughs> yeah, Bishop doesn't seem like he makes a lot of good decisions with regards to who he shares his information with. Correct. I mean, even even literally in the movie, like you shouldn't tell people where you keep this. Yeah, like, you shouldn't have that if you're into voodoo. No. Yeah. So he not. breaks his leg and then he stabs him in the chest and then Bishop is like dying, but. Not he does not die until Karen and Mikey. I'm just gonna call him Mikey because that's what Chucky calls him. Sure. I think it's great. Do it. Um, but not until Karen and Mikey come in to check on John Bishop, and he's like laying on the floor dying, but still alive. Mm-hmm. And she goes to him and's like, "What the hell's going on?" And this is again when that blood does not transfer properly. Um, but a very very bloody John Bishop grabs her and says that he's gonna go after the boy. You have to save the boy, pretty much. And so they're like, "Shit!" And so they head out to the. Uh, the institution, the mental institution that he's in. But Chucky is already there. Yeah, he beats them there. And Andy can see him, like, across a courtyard coming up the stairs. He's like, shit, like... Chucky's here, he's coming for me. And he tries to tell the doctor, and the doctor's like, no, 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 it's fine. Chucky's not coming for you, don't be ridiculous. And so Chucky, like, goes out in the windowsill and grabs keys. Andy has hidden himself in this room. Right. He made a lump look like he's Mm -hmm. in his own bed. Chucky tries to stab through it. Clever little Andy runs out the front door, locks that motherfucker in his own cell for like half of a second because again yeah, he's he a doll. He can yeah. the bars. And he has all the keys and everything. Yeah. Oh no, Andy took the keys from. Oh, you're right. Because but he does still sneak out. Yeah, yeah. But Andy at this point is with the doctor, Doctor Ardmore, in the like treatment room or whatever, and he's like obviously trying to get him a sedative or give him some sort of like. Because I mean, Andy is. Freaking out. Freaking the out. best acting that comes out of this oh entire movie is the sequence. He's, like, crying, and he's like, he's gonna kill me. He's coming for me. Like, I'm so afraid. Like, I, he's very convincing. He's very convincing. He's, like, a pretty good actor for a And he's struggling and struggling. The doctor's like, nope, I'm gonna give you the sedative. And then Chucky runs over and stabs the doctor in the leg. And then he puts the electroshock therapy hat, the little, like, the little headband with the sensors and things on it. And cranks it all was the way Was that something up. that was still, like, in common use in 1988? People still do electroshock therapy. I did not know yeah. that. It it has become less inhumane. Yeah, it can actually have like good effects now. I, mean, so I guess I literally like used like a tens device yeah. yesterday, which was like sends electric shock to block pain signal. Yeah. It's there's there can be appropriate use of it. It's not like it's not it's not something you want to do. It's as not your first something choice. that right. looked like what we were just watching. No. Probably not. No, I no. don't. Think not it's anymore. Like that at least. Anymore, no. But in '88, I don't know. Maybe. So the doctor dies, obviously, and he's all burnt and fucked up looking, and Andy and uh, and Chucky are gone together. Yeah. Uh, but Andy runs away, and Chucky follows him, basically. And so Andy, or, so Karen and Mikey show up at the hospital, and they're like, where is he? And they're like, yeah, they're, he's not here. He ran away. Yeah. Which, and Mike is, like, trying to explain to his his partner, like, where is the doll? And his partner's like, what is everyone talking about? <laughs> we mean, what am I looking for a doll for? And um, so there, and so Mikey turns to Karen and asks, like, well, where would Andy go? And she's like, oh, he'd go home. I always told him if he's ever in trouble to go home. He's like, does he? Can he get in? He's like, yeah, I always have a key under the mat. Not terrible safe. place. Don't do that. No, don't do that. I guess it's a nice building, so like, whatever. But like, don't do that. Get, like, it's not that nice of a building if random dolls can get in and kill people. <laughs> so we then cut to Andy getting into the house, and he 
He's trying to keep in. it safe. He's like, he like, stuff he like against... puts a barricade up against the door. Yeah, he doesn't really block the handle, which is a problem. But he's so young. He's trying. I mean, he's six years old. He does a better job than everyone in Friday the 13th did than the main girl with the cool hair. Yeah. But the main girl with the cool hair built a barricade and the door opened the other way. So that wasn't even smart. She fucked <laughs> well, that she up. Well, she also tied oh, it. Oh, right. You're right. She did so tie it. So she was really okay. smart. You're right. Uh, he gets inside and he gets a little tiny baseball bat that he's going to defend himself with. Like one of those Which old novelty so ones. Yeah. It's adorable. There's so many small, cute defense objects in this movie. And it's child's play. They're just playing this That's true. Time it's With cute. all these toys. Yeah. And so he, like, Chucky gets in, obviously, and he tries to hit Chucky, but Chucky gets away, and Chucky ends up getting the bat, and he hits him over the head, and he knocks him out, which I don't think you can do with a bat of that size, and also, that child is going to have brain damage if he doesn't die. But he does release a great one-liner right before he hits him, you know, batter up, bam! (laughs) There's a lot of zingers in the last, like, 20 minutes of this movie. movie. Um, So he's trying to perform the spell... Uh, I do a I'm not gonna do it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be our uh, intro music. Is just you just you chanting. <laughs> um, so he he tries to do the spell again, but he's interrupted just before he finishes by Karen and Mike, and they get him off of there and they throw him away. But like he's still alive, so they're like trying to attend to Andy, but but they literally just pick him up and throw doll. him, and like now yeah. there's still a killer doll in here, and then he has a knife, and so he like stabs Mike in like the Achilles tendon area. He stabs like four people in the exact same spot in the leg. I always yeah. thought it was like behind the knee, like cutting I think those it's tendons. It's supposed to be like somewhere in I don't know where it's supposed to be, because he's able to walk afterwards. So he gets him high. To, he gets him high near the in, knee. I think it ends up being like in the calf, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Like in the meat I was always just like picturing those tendons, like Ugh, hamstring yeah. tendons just being cut. And then not being able to move. But he can still move, so it can't have severed anything. That's true. Just so you know, they don't really hold to any kind of anatomy because in the third movie there is I'm pretty sure Chucky cuts Andy's Achilles tendon and he just like runs away from him the next oh, sequence you can actually walk on a cut Achilles tendon like when you snap it you can walk I'm pretty it sure it just hurt really fucking it just, bad I don't think you I read something about what Ugh. it sounds like and feels like and Ew, stuff like that I don't want to think about that oh god that's so I had sad. a friend who actually he had runs that away happen. and starts doing everything normally like oh, there yeah, is no there's no you could do that exactly. yeah um, so they're trying to chase Chucky all over the place. He keeps getting away from people. He attacks Mike. He ends up knocking Mike out. Um, he's chasing everybody else around the house. Finally, Karen gets him into the fireplace. She catches him. She gets him in the fireplace. She traps him in there. Um, and she has her entire thing. back against it, trying to keep him in and doing a pretty good job. And he's just going insane. Oh, yeah. I love, I love the puppeteering in that. It's really it's well done. The pure violence. He's like an of, animal. Yeah, it's t- it's like again it, these sequences where you see like the face they have on the expression, that kind of stuff. That's so human and actual. That it was like ugh, it, it that's is what really unsettling. You. Yeah, it's really well done. Yeah. So they, so she's like reaching up above, trying to reach where the matches are, and she spills the entire little bowl. And she's like, "Andy, I need help, Andy!" And so Andy comes over, he picks up a match, and he lights it. And he's like trying to light it. And Chucky's like, "But Andy, aren't we supposed to be friends until the very end?" And this is when Andy, he's like, "This is the end, friend." And then he drops the lit match into the fireplace that has had the gas on because the mom turned the gas on, and Chucky's hell on fire. Oh yeah, you just get the like. This is what I like to think of as kind of like the iconic Chucky noise is the <laughs> that comes out of him because there's at least like. 
two sequences every movie after this where he does that like blood curdling exactly same yell over and over and over. Yeah. I was so proud of Andy in this. It was such a good moment. Because it's a great one-liner. Like, again, this is why we're like at the beginning he can't do anything, and at the end he's like, This is the end, friend, and then like lights a dude on fire. And that's incredible character development for two days. (laughs) Almost getting murdered is pretty much instant puberty. His voice was like three octaves lower by the end of that (laughs) film. So his body is like all messed up and they're like, great, we did it. So while he's on fire, Karen and Andy like step away from the grate. They're no longer holding him in. I I think because they don't want to catch on fire too. And so he's running around the entire apartment like on fire. Yeah. And I guess they did not teach people stop, drop, and roll in this day and age because he doesn't even try to be not on fire. But... To be fair, he is entirely probably made out of flammable stuff, so I don't know if that would have really worked for him anyway. I feel like some sort of attempt maybe should have been made. But, but he doesn't. He just runs around and tries to light their couch on fire. And so he, like, falls down looking very dead. And, and he's, like, stuff. Oh, and his, yeah, oh, God. And his, like, whole face is melted and really fucked up looking. And, and so you just, like, see away. his teeth and... Ugh. Yeah. So... It's oh. messed up. It's so messed up. So, so they're, they're like, like, oh, man, we're safe now. We're gonna go check on Mike. And they go and they talk to him, and Karen says, like, hey, Andy, can you go get the first aid kit from under the sink? So Mm -hmm. he goes out, and where Chucky was is just, like, a burnt spot. And he's like, Mom? Very quietly. And... He's a soft-spoken kid. He is. And the mom does not hear him. No. And then Chucky is still alive. Yep. And so Chucky keeps trying to strangle people. They, like, shoot his head off, and they shoot his arm off. And his leg off. And his leg off, but they don't get him through the chest, so it doesn't work. So they, like, they think that they have him. They think that he's dead. They're all in the bedroom together, and then the partner shows up. Yeah, Mike's detective partner. Jack, I believe. Yeah, Jack Santos. Um, So he shows up, and they're like, what are you, like, he's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean the doll is evil? And he's like, it's out in the hallway. Go, Go look at it, but don't touch any part of it. So he just brings the head back into the bedroom, and he's like, look, it's... It's a doll. And Mike is like, I thought he said, look, don't touch anything. He's like, this must be a joke. He puts the head down on top of, like, the TV in the bedroom. And then through the heating vent in the bedroom comes the burnt torso and arm of Chucky. Yeah, he grabs has him around one the neck. arm and one leg mm-hmm. and a torso, and that is all that is left. Yeah, and he grabs him around the neck and he starts choking him. And the disembodied head just start, keeps yelling, like, kill him! Kill him! Like, giving orders to his Choke body. Choke him! Never let him go! <laughs> it's very intense. Ultimately, they do get him off of him, and Mike shoots him, like, a bunch, and he shoots him through the head, and you get that, like, he turns, like, his voice goes back into, like, as he's dying, it goes back into, like, the normal Chucky doll thing. He's like, I'm Chucky, I'm your friend till the end. And then he, like, dies. And when they shoot him through the heart, there's, like, this big blood splatter yeah, onto the really wall. Gross. That hadn't happened in any other part of shooting him, so that's how you know he really is dead this time. Yeah. And so they are all like, fuck, that was messed up. They're like, he's like, oh, now do you believe us? And Jack's like, yeah, but no one else is gonna believe you. Um, no, it's nothing specifically that's, you know, but who's going to believe me? Yeah, that's true. Um, and so they all go to the hospital, and they just look behind them at the burned remains of Chucky. Yeah. So it's a very fun, interesting movie. It is. I mean, so I watched this, I think, actually when I was 14 or 15, and it was on some movie channel, and we taped it using the TiVo, and... I remember watching it with my mom and being like, I'm going to be terrified. And then afterwards thinking, this... The concept of this movie scared me so much. Even the trailer scared me so much. But actually watching the movie, it's not that scary. I think we could argue this is the least scary movie we've watched for this podcast. I think Stay Alive is less scary than this movie. 
I'll disagree. I will say maybe Bride of Frankenstein is less scary than this movie. Yeah, you're right. Bride of Frankenstein's not that scary. It probably goes Bride of Frankenstein, then Child's Play, and then Stay Alive, because Stay Alive has at least some good jump scares. This doesn't really have any jump you're scares. You're going to call Stay Alive, like... Oh, he meant not good jump scares, but they have <laughs> jump scares. Yeah. I think that Chucky is a more... It's a scarier Genuinely scary concept. person than it's, their it's Elizabeth like, Bathory situation. Yeah. Well, especially, I, I think there is there is more at play in, like, the primal fears in Child's Play yes. than there is in Stay Alive. Because, like, oh, a video game is going to fucking kill me? Well, I'm not going to play that video game. Done. Game over. But I you win. can't just do that because that happens and the game starts playing itself. But you always had to play it. So yeah. if you never, like, oh, the game's called Stay Alive? Well, guess what? I'm not going to play that. Look, I've beaten the entire game. <laughs> I mean, could you just say the same thing, but like, oh, I'm just not going to buy dolls. I'm not going to buy a doll from a creepy back alley doll peddler. See, but that's actually good advice. For life. <laughs> that is good that advice. Because yeah, you're either getting a pre-possessed doll or one that is going to become sentient and steal your child's soul. <laughs> or one that will try to do both. Yeah. So. los dos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. In terms of fun trivia, um, one thing that I liked was that, so Charles Lee Ray, as we talked about, it sounds like a good serial killer name. It was actually based off of Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and um, James, James Earl, Earl Ray. Ray, who shot Martin Luther King. Um, so it is based on a little bit of real murderer lore. Also, it's a reference to the fact that you always hear like serial killers have like three names, which is not because naming your child three names makes them a serial killer. It's because you wouldn't want like Lee Oswald, the insurance salesman, to be confused with Lee Harvey Oswald, the man who shot JFK. So you include the middle name because it makes it less likely that someone else's like life will be impacted, especially now that you have like the internet where if you search like... Like, well, like, employers will Google you before yeah. they want to hire you. Exactly. And if you get Googled and you're like, oh, man, this person's a murderer, which I doubt will actually happen. Which is also, like, if they're a serial killer, like, you know if they're stuff. a serial killer yeah, Actually, or not. maybe that's a good way of, like, if you have bad stuff that happens when you Google search mm-hmm. yourself, get someone else with the same name to murder them, they'll never find the info on you again. All the news articles will always be about the other murderer. Interesting. Done. True. That's true. I feels weird in your situation that because there's exactly one other Maddie Wojak. Why are you murdering the other Maddie Wojak? You need the other Maddie Wojak to be a murderer. That's what I said. Oh, uh, okay. Get them to murder someone. Uh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Super misunderstood. The other Maggie Cleary who gets a lot of results is an Irish step dancing teacher, which feels appropriate. I actually get most of the results when you Google my name. Yeah, there's a professor Timothy Matson, right? Yeah, he owns. Everything that I wanted, timmatson.com, gone. Timmatson at Gmail, gone. Tim at Gmail, gone. That's probably not him, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so obviously this is not the first haunted doll situation. I really think that um, even aside from the Annabelle movies, which are more recent, just the story of Annabelle is so old. Like that was, that supposedly took place during the 70s. I mean, there's also the iconic Twilight Zone episode of Talking Tina that messed with me real hard. Especially because my sister had a doll that was identical to Talking Tina. Oh no, it was bad. I she lived in the briefly. towel closet. Ugh. Smart. I did talking doll briefly. Um, one of the like smart ones. It was amazing, Allie. Um, and I really wanted it because it was supposed to be able to like interact with you and like tell you stories and stuff. And it was nowhere near as smart as people advertised it as being. And so I was very disappointed when I got it. And I was like, let's talk about horses. And she was like, let's sing the alphabet. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about horses. And she was like, let me tell you a story about Iowa. And I was like, no, <laughs> tell me about horses. I will say the good news about my sister's doll that looked exactly like Talking Tina. She didn't talk. She just mm. looked that is like good. her. 
I also, oh, I had a doll once when I was a kid that was, uh, get, Baby Getwell, I think was its name. And so it would say, like, it had, like, only a couple phrases. It would cough, it would go, I don't feel so good. And then you had to, like, pat it or whatever, and its, like, cheeks would glow red. And then when it felt better, it would go, all better. Aww. Which is nice, except for I went without changing the batteries for a while, and I found it in my closet when I was probably 10, you know, and I hadn't really played with that stuff in a little while. And I picked it up, and I was like, oh, I wonder if it still works. And I squeezed it, and its batteries were dying, so it went, I don't feel so good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's like I had this Furby that I kept in my closet because I was terrified of Furbies. Yeah. Probably also partially because of this movie. Probably. Anything that talked on its own would freak me out. Mm-hmm. And like blinked on its own and all that stuff. Oh, jazz. no, yeah. So it lived in the closet, but it would just make noises in the middle of the night. That used to happen and to my even my mom Furby. was like, what the hell is wrong with this Furby? Why does it just talk in the middle of the night all of the time? My friends used to do that. She kept it in her closet, too. And I would be over there for a sleepover, and it would just start laughing in the middle of the night. Yes. Well, and you know how you deal with the problem? The exact same way you get rid of Chuck, you and you throw that shit fire. in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how my dad got rid of my Furby, because he got very annoyed with it. But that's also because I'm an annoying person to begin with, so like... I don't yeah, know what ended that. up happening to it. I think my mom might have done something with it, and she knew exactly how scary it was. I got a lot of really creepy gifts from my grandparents. Like, they gave me the Furby... They gave me these weird porcelain dolls that were dressed up like old school jesters. So they had like the porcelain faces oh, with no. like the oh, painted no. on features. They were terrifying, but they were like really nice dolls. Yeah. Like, my grandparents were um, our, our antique dealers. And so they thought they were really cool and wanted to give them to me. And I was just terrified of them, but had to like keep them out from when they visited. And it was terrifying. So they lived on my shelves. Oh my God. No one should ever have a doll that looks like a jester. Especially not one with a porcelain face. No, that's terrifying. That's (laughs) terrifying. I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that. It's fine. I survived. I think if there's any moral that we can come away from, because I feel like we did a lot of our talking about the movie during our, our dissection of the movie today. Um, but I just feel like the most important thing to come away from this is is don't ever buy your child a doll. No, dolls are horrible. Just don't get them a doll. Get them something else. Get them, teach them how to play board games or get them a big stuffed bear. Unless it's Jumanji no. or there's the bear movie. The Pit. Okay. There's a lot of movies that involve, or like, I think there's, oh God, there's this one scary story I read in the newspaper on Halloween day when I was like seven years old that had a bear that violently murdered someone. And I was scared of teddy bears from there on out. Oh also. my God. It was a story about how there was this teddy bear this guy had when he was a kid and would take it with him everywhere. And he moved in with his girlfriend later on as an adult. And the girlfriend was a little creeped out by that. So I put it in the closet or under the bed or something like that. And the bear did not like being um, <gasps> kept in the closet. So oh no. one morning, the boy like wakes or the man wakes up next to his dead murdered girlfriend and the teddy bear is there and he was like oh like we're friends forever or something like that oh my god but it was written a lot better than i just told that (laughs) sorry (laughs) i would like it if it was just written that way and you were like and then he woke up the next morning and the teddy bear was just like right there (laughs) anyway that story was one of the stories that like kept me up at night and it was back when like the newspaper would print really scary stories in the news in the newspaper on Halloween day. Mm-hmm. And it just messed with me. So teddy bears aren't good. Dolls aren't good. Board games are good. Jumanji. Like Jumanji, yeah. Can't trust that. No, you give your kids video games. That's it. Nothing else. New Jumanji. Stay alive. First off, I t- said give them current video games. Don't ever show them, you know. Old don't, if you find an old video game with handwriting on it with the name of it, maybe don't give that to your child. Valid. That's valid. Yeah, okay. 
But then again, yes, the end of Stay Alive had the game being printed and distributed everywhere. True. So, but hey. uncertain how that actually ended up happening. Yeah. So. Did people die? We don't know. There was never a sequel because it wasn't good enough for a sequel. True. R.I.P. So true. No. Um, so, Tim, what, what was it? Because I know you mentioned that this scared you. What was it truly about Chucky that got you? Like, why did this movie matter to you? Well, like, I mean, number one, I saw this as... Number one, I saw this as, like, a younger kid. Yeah. So, you know, dolls were prevalent. Um, I remember my grandmother, like, the year after... Like, the year I saw this movie, I was hanging out in her basement. She had one of those, like... Full-size Raggedy Ann-looking dolls. That's that what just, Annabelle was. Yes. Yeah, that is That's what she was. Literally, what Annabelle was. Your grandma had Annabelle. Dude, sitting in the basement in a rocking chair on its own in like the way back corner in the unfinished basement. That's pretty messed up. But can we also talk about the fact that Annabelle, one of those Raggedy Ann dolls, has red hair, pale with freckles. True. This is basically a more realistic boy version of a Raggedy Ann doll. That is exactly. true. And that we, is kind of since true. Annabelle was actually one of those, it makes sense that maybe the design of Chucky took some inspiration from that. I can see that. I mean, they talked that it's like a little bit of a Cabbage Patch ki- uh, kid and a little bit of a um, My Buddy doll and all that. Right? Yeah. yeah. But um, but no, it was really the idea that, that kind of super scares me and it comes up much more prevalent in the, the, next, the next films in this is that Chucky isn't limited to fucking with you at night. There's a lot of paranormal movies, the slasher films, all this stuff that everybody is messed with only at nighttime. There's like daytime is you're fine, you're gonna be good. Stay alive proves that wrong, but you know, overall the light is safe. Almost all of the murders in Child's Play happen in the daytime. There is very few of them that happen very privately at night. In the series, exactly. So it's a a kind of intense way of just messing with you. Especially, they just, nobody ever does anything wrong when they're getting killed. Yeah. You know, this isn't like the, oh, watch the young couple go start having sex and then get murdered in the, the cabin. You know, that's your morality come through. No one is bad in these movies that gets murdered. Like, later ones, it's like kind of more revenge stuff. Like, you know, Chucky kills a teacher and, you know, writes fuck you all over a test and stuff like that. And that's more comedic. They're trying to fall on, like, the, ah, you're the alt crowd. You want to see the horror stuff going on. Yes, Eddie's kind of bad. He's not a good guy, but... And it is for revenge reasons. Yeah. 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 But, but so like, then, Maggie isn't... And, you don't really see what Eddie did is wrong, though. Like, you don't know what even what Charles and Eddie were doing. Yeah. Well, he was strangling people, clearly. Yeah, but you don't know if Eddie was involved with that. That's true. You don't know what Eddie was Because Eddie wouldn't be there if he was just... Like, a serial killer doesn't usually have, like... like a getaway driver. Well, yeah. he also had a gun on him in that That's situation, true. too. So whatever they were doing was not strangler-related. True. But something that... I just thought about when you mentioned a lot of the comedic elements in this is this movie came out four years after Nightmare on Elm Street, which I think was one of the movies that started to popularize the idea of funny, violent movies to a certain extent. definitely, like, Freddy is definitely more, I think, more similar to Chucky than a lot of previous slashes Exactly. Because a lot like Michael Myers or Jason are very, like, big silent guys, whereas Freddy's, like, he cracking makes, jokes. Yeah, he and, has some killer one-liners. Yeah. And so does Chucky. So I yeah. feel like some of the dialogue and all of that with Nightmare on Elm Street being popular at this time, it makes sense to kind of draw that comparison. Yeah, I definitely do think they're similar characters. I can definitely see that connection. You have um, you have other movies around this time coming out that are more practical effect, practical effect, and kind of like gross looking stuff. 
Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Creep Show, um, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff where, you know, even after this, you have like Puppet Master series where stop motion all of a sudden becomes part of horror hardcore. This was allowing the much more far-fetched but still realistic special effects of horror to Yeah, happen. it's kind of campy, but also yeah. like kind of looked like a doll was actually running around. I think that's kind of... I think the tongue-in-cheek nature is sort of why they could get away with a lot of like making this scary. Like what makes it more... Like we were kind of talking about this earlier is that like in Annabelle, like all of the... All of the situations are already so, like, heavy and serious and tense that, like, if the doll started walking around, it would be like, oh, it's a doll walking around. That's stupid. Yeah. But in this, like, he's already, like, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. It's a little more playful. So, like, it doesn't pull you out in the same way. And I think, like, for example, we all saw the boy in theaters together. Oh, my God. <laughs> love to bring up as that an example of a horrible a movie. That was such a shit show. But in that, you don't really know whether the doll's moving, whether the parents are moving the doll around, whether there's something else going on. Turns yeah. out there's something else going on going on but it's all kind of like why is this all in this place from the very first time you actually see the doll move you know exactly what's up because yeah. you've are like the twist has kind of already happened at the very beginning of the movie right so it's i think that's also one of the reasons why it's not as scary and so i think they kind of needed that humor in order to make it a more interesting movie i guess yeah i can see that as well a big thing too is like this is one of the only horror movies that i know that gives you a ton of the killer's perspective. That's yeah. true. There, I mean, there's sequences that the only reason we're seeing it is because we're following Chucky through it. Yeah. Rarely do you have the follow the serial killer in any slasher film. Yeah. Well, you see, I mean, you'll see, like, you'll see things from, like, in, um, like, in Friday the 13th, you see the point of view of who ends up being Mrs. Voorhees, like, going into the cabin to, like, murder the people, but you don't see, like... You don't see a lot of, like, what she's doing on her own when other people aren't around. Like, you see Chucky blow out the pilot. Like, you see him turn on the gas. You see him, like, do all of these things. And you kind of do get... Like, you see him go and have a conversation with the guy who got him into voodoo. Yeah. Like, you see his life. It's and you kind as of get much head more. Chucky's story as it is Andy and Karen and Mike's story. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. But also, we talked about while watching this movie that... Since this movie isn't very scary, it's not super bloody or anything like that. The only real reason this is an R-rated movie is for the language. They say fuck a lot. And it almost feels like they put that in specifically to get the R rating because it wasn't enough on its own. Yeah. Well, I mean, was the boy R as well, or was that PG? That was PG thirteen. And see, that's what that's what you are left with. Makes it very hard to make something very scary if you can't show any gore around it. Especially a doll or something like that because it's so innocent. It has a fixed expression. Also, almost no one dies in this movie. One person dies by being pushed out a window and the other person who dies is by being blown up. But also so not violent gets, deaths. Uh, stabbed oh, you're heart right. The... That actually is very bloody. I forgot about him. Yeah, but he doesn't actually get stabbed with the... Like, Chucky doesn't stab him. He stabs the voodoo doll. So even then, like, there's blood, but you don't see the actual stab wound That's or anything true. like that. You just see him bleeding. Maybe they were, like, going for a PG-13 and being a little bit too violent. And yeah. so they're like, fuck it, let's just add some more cursing. Because it was all voiceover, so it wouldn't be hard to just re-record true. a couple lines. They didn't actually need true. to re-film. Yeah. I mean, especially the, um, you know, the... The elevator scene? That is a perfect example of it has to be ADR. Yeah. Because you don't see the mouth moving. They didn't plan for it. They're just like, you know, the ugly doll. Fuck you. <laughs> it's such a good moment. It is. Honestly, I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, maybe not necessarily as scary as the folks on my playground when I was a child would have had me believe. 
Um, but I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a classic. And I am excited to see the rest. We started watching two, which I haven't seen. Um, I'm very impressed with the step up in the special effects. The puppeteering is like next level, it's especially really, the switches. The, actually, yeah. in this uh, fun fact, the puppeteering is done by one of the kids from Children of the Corn. Yeah. So that's your fun fact of the day. That is fun. In case you didn't have enough fun facts of the day about this movie from the rest of this podcast. <laughs> but, I mean, one thing I really want to bring up about Child's Play is... This movie might have scared like me as a kid and scared you and scared a few people, but it is literally like across the board accepted as one of the scariest characters because like yeah. you go in, you know, I, I've read a lot of weird things about like horror um, haunted houses and stuff like that. You know, they'll be like, you have a big, huge, muscular Navy SEAL guy walking in and be like, hey, you got Chucky in there? Yeah, well, he's gonna walk out that day. Like, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of people where that happens. Where that this one specifically, he is such a weird space of a villain. You know, yeah. he's a real object, a real human being thing. He's got the slight but very supernatural. Thing, so you might have seen yeah. him when you were a little younger. Like, and even though the movie itself isn't that scary, Chucky as a character is yeah terrifying. He's really scary. Yeah. And it's, I mean, especially like second and third movies, once they really start going to town with getting good animatronics. And once he has like the him, scars and he's all like yeah. ripped to shit and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's pretty honestly, iconic of looking terrifying. Yeah. Once it goes past to like Brad of Chucky and anything of Chucky at that point is one to three, they stepped up the camp and like I thought they were going to peak at camp for three and they just pushed so Sky far rocketed. past it. Oh, oh man, I watched um, Cult of Chucky last Halloween and it is... So not good, but a lot of fun at the same okay. time. We should have a Chucky marathon. Oh, God. There's certain ones like uh, Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky is especially heinous for how bad of a film it is. Because not only are you now dealing with, like, we've got this weird double possession of two other dolls, but for some reason these two dolls are able to copulate and actually poop because out a child. Because they're becoming human by staying in the doll bodies for so Starting long. Starting with your uterus. Yeah. And the man, it starts with the heart, and the woman, it starts with the uterus. I guess it gets to the dick at some point in time, right? Mm-hmm. Some point in time. Well, he's been in the body a very long See, time. See, that's also the other question. Oh, what, yeah. What, where is that? Where did they anatomically just, like, <laughs> poop that out from? What? <laughs> Does he grow it? Yeah. I guess he must, right? But again, it should just be rubber. Well, that took a do turn. we have any more thoughts on Child's Play? I think we're pretty good. Um, yeah, so, Tim, I want to thank you. You've been an amazing guest this this episode. Thank you for being our first yes, thank ever you. guest on Saturday the 14th. And thank you for talking to us about a movie you love. No problem. You should feel blessed. I do feel blessed. But so, Maggie, what are we doing next time? So next week we are um, doing another classic, another genre we haven't really touched on yet. We are diving into found footage with The Blair Witch Project. Which, unlike this movie, is actually terrifying. It is, but it's still not as scary as it was when you first saw it. It isn't, and that's true. And I think that might be because of how popular found footage got at some point. But I guess that's all for us to discuss on the next episode. We are very excited, and we will talk to you then. Um, As always... Uh, if you like this podcast, we would love it if you would rate and review and subscribe and all that good stuff. That's how we get heard by more people um, and how people know to check us out. Tell your friends. I don't know. Post signs around town. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Let uh, people know. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed learning more about Child's Play. We love you. We hope you drive safe. And uh, text us when you get home. Mwah! Mwah!